So tonight for this session, we're going to try out the game from Osprey Press, uh, Osprey Games, uh, called Hard City by Nathan Russell. It's a game about playing tough guys in a tough city, doing just nefarious or at least dubious things. Uh, and tonight we have Nat, Ian, and Polly playing. And as usual, I am the GM Jed. All right, so a little background on this. Um, the game is basically trying to emulate the feel of like a film noir type uh, movie. And so things like LA Confidential, Chinatown, Perry Mason, things like that uh, are really in the wheelhouse of this. Is a fairly theater of the mind type game it um, doesn't really use maps or worry too much about who's in what scene it uses it's basically a tag based system which means if your character has a tag then you can do certain things uh, but also every time you want to roll there can be a little bit of a negotiation uh, where you say oh i have this tag that means i can do this and then i or we as a group can decide whether that seems plausible or not and also this one kind of it behooves being a little bit more of like a camera POV. So you can describe what your character's doing or a scene almost like, you know, you can say the camera pans in daybreak the city and then you describe what your character's doing. I will also probably be doing that just because it's so cinematic. But yeah. And then finally, you know, this is really this game is much more about um, storytelling than a lot of RPGs. So if there's something you think would be a cool scene that makes sense for your character, don't feel like you can't kind of dig into it, right? All right, so we've already gone through character creation. I will set up a little bit about uh, the city, which is where all of this takes place. And then when I'm done with my little kind of setup intro, then go around starting with Nat, then Polly, and then Ian, have you describe a typical scene for your character on this day, uh, what they're doing that introduces a little bit of what they look like, what their job is, if they have a job, and maybe a little bit about what their personality is. And then we'll start from there. Okay. So, comes up from black and we see a Midwestern industrial city on a lake. Music in the background comes up slow mournful jazz or blues black and white and you see that it's early morning and fog is coming off of the lake titles come up and it says hard city episode one a friend in need and then that goes away and then as it comes down toward the morning skyscrapers of the downtown it says knoxburg ohio may 11th 1953 you see that there's early morning service people with their trucks dropping off deliveries. There's a little bit of steam coming up out of the manhole covers. There's a wino staggering back to his flophouse. The camera then cuts across from downtown to another shot of a seedier part of town underneath the big suspension bridge. This is Bridgetown, rundown apartments, cheap hotels, the Shamrock bars just being cozed down by the owner and it overlooks the polluted river, empties out into the bay. It now comes over to the boardwalk on the bay, 
where the carnival people are still starting to set up, clean up the, the trash from the night before's amusements. Lighthouse out on Sanderson Point is still shining as the sunlight gets brighter and brighter. Next we see the waterfront where there's lake steamships. The fish market are all starting to have activity. There's a preacher outside Our Lady of Faith mission starting to open up for the day. Over in Anvil City, on the other side of the bridge, the steel mill is just starting operation, and the, the steam horn blows to let people know time to start work. And then we cut out further up into the hills, into Rutledge Park, the tree-lined streets and large mansions of the movers and the shakers of the city, early tea time at the Burberry Golf Course. And then it comes back around, we zoom in on Nat's character, where is Nat's character in the city of Knoxburg, and what's his description? Nat's character is opening up the bar, not in a an employment sense, but in the waiting outside for the bar to open so that he can begin drinking. He doesn't have to be to work for another hour, so now's as good a time as any to have a few beforehand. Uh, he's already dressed as a taxi driver. This is obviously his job once he leaves the bar. But, you know, a quick late breakfast before work sounds good to him. The Golden Circle Taxi Company, located downtown. Probably wearing the Golden Circle... I don't, it wouldn't be a jumpsuit. It would be the uniform and, you know, having carrying the hat under one arm. Yep. Banging on the door. Come on, Mikey! I gotta get to work soon! Open up! Bang, bang, bang. And what is this fellow's name? Do we know? Or are we waiting for Mikey? Oh, this is Rudolph Flynn. I'm sorry, Rudy. Rudy. Rudy Flynn. Can you describe Rudy? Uh, Rudy Flynn is a... You know what? I'm going to say average height. Um, nondescript gentleman. Again, he's wearing a taxi driver outfit. If he wasn't banging on the outside of a bar, you would take no note of him at all. Okay. He's currently wearing gray gray slacks, a gray shirt with a with a cab company logo on it, and he's got a hat under his arm and a newspaper. Ah, no, no, if I take that back, it's not a newspaper. It's a sports bet. It's the uh, the races and fights coming mm. up. All right, I'm coming. Mikey turns the lock and opens the door. Hey, Rudy. Jesus, Mikey, you're getting old or something? It's taking you longer every day. It's my lumbargo. <laughs> Come on in. Warm yourself up. All right. And then the camera cuts away and comes to Oscar. What's Oscar doing? So, uh, Oscar's coming back from a job. He, uh, yeah, had to get a little uneasy with somebody. So he's gonna come up from the alleyway, little disheveled. His uh, hands are a little bloody, but you know, the tweet is what it is. He's gonna come over to the bar and see Mikey, see if he can get some ice and chill for a bit. Okay, can you describe uh, Oscar Ace? I should say. Well. Ace is uh, a hulking figure, normally wearing green pants, black shirt, 
army boots and a hat. Left side of his face is horribly scarred because in a caused in a fight with a triad leader. And he's got blue eyes with the scarring of the left side of his face rendering his left eye blind. He has brown hair, cropped short, almost always wearing his trademark cap. Gun, you know, and his trademark fist like ham hocks. <laughs> <laughs> so is, does Ace work for anybody regular like or is he sort of a free agent? Yeah. He uh, he owes a bit of money to some of the undesirables in town. Yeah, okay. So he does a lot of job here and there just to keep his debts under control. Makes sense. Yeah. So as you come in, you can see in the dark CD bar, Mikey's there. He's behind the bar. There's that cab driver you've seen around sitting at one of the tables at the bar itself. Uh, yeah, I'm totally in at the bar, Kenny. I don't have time for a table. Yeah, you're, you got the ponies to read up on. All right, now we cut over to Ian's character. Lena Hammer is cruising up that sidewalk with the, the jaunty walk of a woman with purpose. She is 62, <laughs> African, Filipino, American. Uh, kind of looks like a female Morgan Freeman. Uh, and she is heading up to the bar to get the orange juice and go through and see if uh, anybody slipped a note to her about new jobs or anything, because that's her transit point for picking up work. But she's not helping out in the back alley clinic that's, you know, you know, there's sort of a prohibition, a prohibition on abortion. So she helps out with that a little bit. Okay. She, is a, she is a bona fide nurse underneath the fact that she's also a hired killer. And uh, yeah, so she's heading in for some orange juice and is happy to see the place is open. I uh, was going to perch on the bar, well, a couple seats away from everybody else and just uh, see if there's any notes for her or anything. Mikey says, hey, Lana, how are you doing this morning? No, sky hadn't fallen yet. All good. Uh, always the optimist there. Uh, let me get your OJ. And he kind of heads back to the fridge. Appreciate that. You got, you got any extra sunshine for me there, little little man? Yeah, there's a guy who came by. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll tell you when I get back. And he kind of goes into the back to find the, the glass jug of uh, Florida orange juice, quote unquote. <laughs> Fresh from the freezer to your glass. Yes. <laughs> you, you hear tink, tink, tink as the spoon bounces off the... I'm not just making this from concentrate. I'm squeezing <laughs> these right now, Lana. All right, so he comes back out and he's... Bring in the OJ, and then the door opens again. And this time, a big guy comes in. Not necessarily as big as Ace, but pretty big. And he's wearing a suit with, like, a pretty flashy tie. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, because you have the trait Underworld Contacts, Ace, yeah. you know this guy is Rocco. He is enforcer and goon for the Cesar crime family. Okay. Do you think you've done work for the crime family before? The Cesar family? Mm, or do you think yeah. you haven't done, you don't really mingle with the mob? Well, yeah, I would, I would say, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a few gambling things here and there. Might have done the odd job for them. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So... Rocco comes in and he looks over and says, Hey, Ace, just the fellow I'm looking for. Hey. <laughs> How's it going, Rocco? What do you need? Boss, he wants to see you. 
Uh, all right, when and where? <laughs> Lombardi's, one o'clock. Uh, all right. All right. Tell and him then we'll be there. He turns around and he says, Hey, is that Lana I see? How are you doing, hotcakes? I'm doing just fine, as long as you keep your hands to yourself this time, Rocco. Oh, I know better than that. I got you. So, yeah, what a coincidence. Boss Simeone wants you to come in. Same here. Yeah, I thought I'd have to go all over town to find you guys. And then he looks over and he sees Rudy. He says, as I live and breathe, Rudy, all three of you here in the bar at the same time. Uh, Without looking up from the sports listing, I'm just going to say, didn't see you here, don't know what you talked about. Rudy. Tito's got your marker. Ah, this is a business call. Look, I'm good for it. Look, look at me. Look, you see this? You see what I'm wearing? You see what I'm doing today? I'm getting this money. No, no, yeah, I know. He bought bought your marker off of Frenchie. Oh. He's calling it. He's calling in your marker. Well, shit. All three of you. He's got all three of the markets. Wait, he's calling it in today? One o'clock, Lombardi's. <sighs> all right. Serious, serious business, the boss. Big Tito, he really wants you there. Don't be late. Oh, to be clear here in the room, because I don't know you all fellas, but my market wasn't with no Frenchie. I don't play across the line, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no. I might, I might have some other issues with the law, you might say, but I don't have no Frenchie. So I, I don't know where he got yours, but he, uh, he says in your interest to, to come to the meeting. One of my loose moments in my youth, I'm sure. I'm envisioning every episode starting with Rudy leaning over the bar and using Mikey's telephone to call. <laughs> I'm real sick, boss. <laughs> I can't drive taxis. That's funny. <laughs> Rudy! <laughs> and then freeze frame. <laughs> All right. So you, got a couple, you guys got a couple of hours until uh, the meeting at Lombardi's, which is one of the uh, an institution in Knoxburg. Italian restaurant downtown, not too far from City Hall. Where are we right now? Are we far from downtown? Uh, actually, I don't. We didn't decide which bar you're in, or if it was you're making up Mikey's place. Uh, you can pick it, drop it wherever you want, I guess. Uh, I am envisioning Mikey's place being. You know what? Public transit worked in the 50s, but I, I'm imagining this being closer to downtown than further. Yeah. I'm I'm having trouble envisioning 50. Like, I don't think any of us is suburbs or exurbs types, right? Like, no. Yeah, you might be like Bridgetown could be a place. Mm. Uh, but or downtown makes sense. Um, or, I mean, it could be Anvil City, which is more industrial, but I don't think that's too likely. So I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna use my observational skills that you're wearing a taxi man outfit. You probably got a car outside. I don't want to pay no taxi money if you're gonna take us. We all go in the same place. You oh, I don't. For, have, you got room for a lady, don't you? I I don't have a car outside, but I got one. 
We can go. We we can. Let's just make that happen, then. Step to it. Let's go. Do do do, do we? Uh, you know what? Yeah, you guys. Yeah, we're gonna swing back by my place. I'm gonna put on something more comfortable. And uh, hey, Mikey, can I use your telephone really quick? I gotta make a call. You bastard. And, uh, yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, I will. I will go ahead and. There's a uh, payphone down the block. Never use just, it. What you want me to go down the block and use the payphone, or do you want me to buy another beer and use yours? It's your I'm call, just Mike. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> give me, give me one of those guaranteed fresh egg salad sandwiches for the way out. <laughs> All right, he begins digging a pickled egg out of a jar. <laughs> just chasing the last one around the bottom of the three-gallon jar. Yeah, his elbow up to the opening. With a couple of side saltines. <laughs> it's worse doing it at the barbershop because then your arm would be blue afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Combs and makes the same jar. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The, the, there should be some kind of should be some kind of prize. That's the last egg from the that that jar was left over from the war, right? <laughs> That was surplus egg. I'm sure the food poison is the prize. So you can probably you can probably do this meeting on your lunch hour. Okay. Then I then I you know what? If I can do it on lunch hour, then I will work. I'll meet these two guys back here at like twelve thirty or something, pick them up in the taxi and drive downtown. Alright. Did we decide if Mikey's place is in downtown? Uh, you said Lombardi's. Oh, Mikey's place is not in downtown. Uh, Mikey's place. Neighborhood venue, like we all would have ended up here because we're all in walking distance to it. That's true. It's early, so you probably. It feels like this is the this is on the way to work or on the way to transit or on the way to whatever. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that Mikey's place is in Bridgetown because that's probably the kind of place you guys could afford and or would prefer. Like five story tenements and yeah, and Mikey's place. It's Ohio. It'd be three story. True. Truth. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Some of the locations in Bridgetown, you've got the Bay Bridge overhead that connects from a bluff in downtown to the other side where Anvil City is. Um, there's a couple other bridges here. The 7th Street Bridge, the Grace Street Bridge, and the 18th Street Bridge. Uh, you got your uh, cheap hotels and rundown apartments. Uh, there's Vinny's Jazz Bar, uh, the Shamrock Bar, and then I guess also Mike's Place. Probably hate those guys at the Shamrock Bar. And Marv's Gym. And then I have an, the river that runs through Knoxburg is the Vermilion River, which I my note here says the Vermilion River has not caught fire yet. It's got that real pretty rainbow sheen when the sun shines. Yeah. Real pretty. Well, but this is noir, so it's just like you <laughs> it's have black to and white rainbow. It. You know, <laughs> I saw somebody posted somewhere a photograph of the Adams Family set back from the from the TV show, and it was the most garish. Yeah. Like it was overblown color. It had to be. That was a, that was a trick yeah. that Orson Welles used too. He would blow out with, with crazy oranges and purples and pinks and stuff. 
to get enough gradient to punch through mm-hmm. the thing he was trying to get. So you had yep. to go over the top. It had to absolutely blow up. But, but also, yeah, like, the color, like, what the color was didn't actually have to have anything nope. to do with reality. It was all about the, the brightness and the shade and the way it was going to hit with the lights that were on it. The, yeah. the, but in 53, we might be in Technicolor. Oh. And if you Those remember noir, the horror films, they were, uh, the reds were real red. Like, yeah. like you know, prime pink bucket doesn't come out of a body like that red. <laughs> red paint, yeah. I think, was what, certainly in the Hammer films, it looks like Sherman Williams paint. Yeah. Oh, it does. As you go your separate ways, is there anything you want to do? You can do one thing before it's time to meet. Uh, I have around. to go work. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna work for three hours or whatever. Got it. I'm gonna get whatever the 1953 version of the steps are in, and uh, stop by my apartment, and pick up my shawl, and then my black sweater shawl because I'm very nurse ratchet, and then come mm-hmm. back. Um, okay. nobody, hopefully nobody asks why it is that I'm in nurse uniform and I'm not actually working at a hospital. It's just kind of my thing. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Ace, you're just hanging out at the bar, blood on your hands. Yeah, I'm going to ask Mikey if I can, if he has something that I can go clean up in the bathroom and then uh, if he needs any heavy lifting, I'll help him out. Oh, you're a good guy, Ace. Bar soap in there. You can find safe in the washroom. Nice. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Mikey. You're the best. You want some uh, eggs and potatoes? Yeah, sure. All right, I'll fry you up. Thanks, man. All right. We follow uh, Rudy around as he's taking fares around the city and cut to 1230. Uh... I, I had agreed to pick these guys up somewhere. I don't know if it was at Mikey's Bar, which should have a name other than Mikey's Bar, but it'll be a name nobody uses because we all know it's Mikey's Bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a name on the bar, but you can't really read it anymore. The, the Caduceus. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, for the record, though, that because I'm not the kind of person to shit where I sleep, Mikey's bar is one of the few places my my purse always weighs the same coming out as going in, just so you know. <laughs> um, but I'll pick them up there. And again, I'm just driving a taxi. I'm just using the the work car. Yeah. For now. So you drive up to the to Lombardi's was the top place in northeastern Ohio back around 1910. Um, still gets very solid business from folks down at Justice Plaza. Uh, but you know, maybe it's seen slightly better days as you pull up. There is the, the valet. I'll, I'll go park in a taxi stand around the corner and, uh, okay. I'll, I'll throw my hat in the trunk and pull a jacket out of the, a sport coat out of the trunk to throw over my taxi uniform shirt. Okay. And, and here I was looking forward to that reaction of the valets when, the car pull up and Ace get out and the thing lifts like up off its suspension and stuff. But uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No. Next time. It's like Hightower. Yeah. Okay. So coming into uh, Lombardi's through the leaded glass doors uh, into the dark red walls and oak paneling, 
and soft light. You can see that the lunch crowd is here. And then the Major D comes up to to you as you come in, uh, says, do you have a reservation? We have an invitation. I mean, I have reservations about your food, honey. It looks real white people. But otherwise, otherwise, we are supposed to be here. There's a person waiting for us to pick this place to be here because God forbid he picks something nicer. Yeah, Tito sent us. Oh, yes, very good. Uh, if you follow me, he snaps his finger and has another one of the waiters come over and take over the uh, the door. And then he leads you all into the bar area and then escorts you through the door at the back into the kitchen. And kind of like, told you know, you I had reservations. And leads you through the kitchen, which is still, you know, bustling with the lunch rush. Servers and cooks are everybody are swirling around, but they move out of your way as he leads you to the back to a, through a doorway down some stairs. And then as you get there, he opens a door and inside it's kind of cool. There's just like a couple of light bulbs hanging from the ceiling. And on the wall, there's racks and racks of like desserts and pastries. And on the table there, you can see that there is a man in like a chef's coat carefully decorating little cakes on a big tray. And the major D comes in and speaks to him rapidly in Italian. And then the pastry chef looks up at him and then he kind of gestures down at like the work he's working on. And then Antonio tells him in no uncertain terms something else in Italian. And then the guy gets up and exits very quickly. I, and, I was getting really excited at the prospect of a mobster who was afraid of his pastry chef, which <laughs> seems like, <laughs> which is possibly the most realistic scenario in a restaurant-based mob organization, because, yeah, yeah, that guy sunk 72 hours into this. Don't fuck with him, right? He's coming off a three-day coke bender. Don't, you, 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 you let him do his job. So, so is that, as that chef leaves... Does he take the pastries with him? And how close does he walk to me? He walks quite close to you, but he does not take the pastries. Oh, okay. He basically just GTFOs. And Antonio says, if you please, uh, oh, wait here. It'll be just a moment. And then he, he leaves. Well, I'm going to eat one of them pastries then. Okay. Have myself some frosting. Let's do it. It's quite good. It's, uh... Chocolate on the outside, mocha cream on the inside. All right. And as you guys kind of hang out uh, awkwardly, um, a few minutes go by, and then um, let's see. A few minutes later, uh, Rocco opens the door and says, Oh, good to see you, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, miss. Uh, gotta, gotta confirm a couple of uh, unfortunate uh, preambles here. Are any of y'all packing a piece? And is it all right if I confirm that fact? I, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Okay, he'll give you a Quick uh, pat down. 
He he finds a 1911. Okay. And he says, is, is it all right if I hold on to this for you? Absolutely. Okay. So he sticks it in his jacket pocket. Uh, he turns toward Ace and he kind of sizes you up. Clearly he's not used to someone who having to look upwards at somebody. <laughs> I, I just got my knuckles, Rocco. That's it. Just for, you know, formality's sake, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. All right. He gives you a quick uh, pat down, but doesn't spend too much on it. And then he turns toward you, Lana, and says, uh, Miss, is it all right if I take a look in your poise? You're not going to take a woman's straight razor, are you? Depends on the woman. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll show him the purse. There's nothing in it. We'll okay. compact and stuff like that. Okay. So a couple of spoons. He will apologize. He <laughs> says, uh, thank you for indulging me in this matter. And then he opens the door and steps outside and then a moment later uh big tito caesar comes in he is sort of like balding average height mustache italian man italian american man and he looks around at the U and says thank you for coming i apologize i have to explain that i need your help tito takes the chair and kind of sits down in it with a bit of a groan and he says I apologize. I, I do not have time for a lot of formalities and pleasantries. Uh, I have to get back to my son, Luke. He's engaged. He just got back from Korea. And my boy is a war hero and he's found himself a girl. Happy, happy thing. This girl, Judy, she's nice enough. Um, yeah, the boy's mother, she's not too, too pleased with her, but she, I think she'll come around. Uh, my boy, I tell him, this girl, she's not from the old country. I don't think she's right. And he tells me, I don't care what you think, Bob. I am marrying this girl. And I say, okay. I, If my son cannot stand up to me, he cannot stand up to uh, the world. I accept his decision. He is a man. So there's a, this wedding, we're going to the announcement. It'll be on the papers on Sunday. It'll be a big deal. Plan it, uh, do it in next month. But the paparazzi, these uh, the shutterbugs, they have been uh, hounding my boy and his uh, his fiance. But I figure, ah, they got wind. There's always people talking, uh, telling stories. They got wind of this. They're getting some uh, some photos ahead of the big news. Not a big deal. Except one of my boys. He knows a girl who works downtown down in the newspaper building and she heard that this fucking guy O'Donnell with his fucking rag peepers has something on my son she doesn't know what but she knows he's got something and they're going to run it the same day as the announcement's made and here's the thing I would normally go and talk to this O'Donnell. I would have a man-to-man conversation like gentlemen. We would come to an arrangement and everyone would be happy. But this Donnell, this fucking Donnell, he doesn't he play ball. Everything is a joke to him. Everything is a story. You lean on him, that's a story. 
and I promised my lovely wife and my son no more heavy-handed stuff. Not in family matters. Business is business, but family, there's some expectations there. So what do I do? And he kind of stops and he picks up one of the little cakes and he begins to eat it and then kind of like licking his fingers. And he says, I say, hey, nobody knows you. Nobody knows that we have any sort of connection here. And I have your moccas. So if you do this for me, if you do this favor for a friend, as you will, then take care of the moccas, take care of the debts, make things real, real rosy for you all. I want you to find out what this O'Donnell has, if anything. If there is anything, I want you to make it go away. Also, don't fuck up. And needless to say, if you welch on your marker, if you all disappear, there will be consequences. But again, this ain't a business. This is a favor for a friend. We're all friends here, right? Yeah, Tito. We're all friends. You got any questions? I got a couple minutes, minute or two, before the DA starts to ask what happened to me and thinks <laughs> I ran off with a hat check girl. Um, how much uh, force do you want me to use? Nope. Hold on, Tito. Don't answer it. And I'll kind of lean over and whisper in his ear. That's the kind of question he doesn't need to answer. That's true. If he answers, then he's responsible for it. I like it. You're smart. What's your name again? I try not to be. I, uh, everybody calls me Rudy. Rudy. Nice to meet you, Rudy. Likewise. Well, I think we got the bigger picture. And uh, we'll do what we can to take care of you. We appreciate you looking after those markers. Be my pleasure. And he kind of stands up again and kind of stops and says, This man, and he points at the cakes, Maestro. And then he kind of turns around and exits. Okay. Moments later, Antonio with the pastry chef shows up and says, uh, come, excuse me. And he leads you back out of there. Is anyone doing anything before you leave? I might have maybe taken the frosting off the top of every one of those things. And eaten- <laughs> okay. I am, I am regretting heavily not having made a move on the cakes. Like <laughs> you, you got one and, and then, you know, he came in and we were talking and then the time had elapsed and the pastry chef was back and he's the only one I'm afraid of for real. The pastry chef, he, as you guys are being led down the hallway, you can hear the pastry chef when he goes in to go, ah, oh, mama mia. Just cur- <laughs> cur- cursing in several now extinct varieties of Italian. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And Antonio leads you back up a different set of stairs and then out the side door. Cut. Next. I'm just a little pissed we didn't actually get lunch. Well, most of us. I mean, look at this guy. He's got He's got to run through a lot of food today to keep it that side. Like, there's just no way. There's no sandwich in the world that's going to maintain that. Um, <laughs> Good, I'm going to politely tap on the door. See if anybody answers. If I politely, I mean fairly loudly. But uh, 
Bang, bang, bang. Just gonna gonna give uh, it a rapidy, rapidy, rapidy at the chamber door. See if anybody shows up. Okay. The uh, it takes a long time while you guys are kind of standing out there, and then finally the door opens up and there's like you know just like a plongeur, like a junior assistant sticks his head out. I was like, I'm sorry, son. We were supposed to get sandwiches to go, and we got popped out of here without our sandwiches. Our sandwiches haven't shown up. Where's our sandwiches? We can't get on with our day and do the things your boss told us to do without our sandwiches. See, Rocco didn't say sandwiches. He just said lunch. I assume sandwiches. That's he actually reasonable. never said lunch either. Oh, but the kid doesn't know that. Yeah. Well, the kid just <laughs> says, excuse me, uh, no English, and he closes the door again. Ah. All right. Let's go get some street dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I... Just imagine Mikey with a whole new, like it's a festival when he gets to open a new three-gallon jar of eggs. <laughs> it happens so infrequently. Oh, that's funny. Around the corner, there is a 24-hour diner called the Wynet Grill. Um, I have a better idea. Let's go down by the offices to Peepers and get lunch down there. Okay. There's got to be a there's got to be a diner down there somewhere we can. Yep. So as you guys head up the alleyway uh, out on the streets, we cut to uh, another area of downtown and there is the Hawk Publishing Building. This is a big square building where a lot of one of the two town's two newspapers, the Sentinel is here. Uh, there's also like a lot of printers and other offices in the building, uh, but mostly it's tied to the printing and the publishing industry across the street you can find the uh the tnl automat is that one of those places that you put in your order yeah that they like stick it through the box it's the all wall? coin fed like it's all coin fed like no they're all like po boxes and they've already loaded the pie into it and you put it in the corner and you can pull out that piece of pie or the nickel and yeah yeah should you go there oh um is that the kind of place a gossip reporter would eat at? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you know, it's got a pretty good lunch rush, uh, but there's other places to eat around here, too. Um, And we were having that meeting at lunch, so there's a good chance he's already gone out, gotten lunch, and come back. Probably by the time you get over here, it is, uh, you know, two-ish. Okay. My proposal is that we find some place that's got fancy desserts, get ourselves a lunch, whatever, and then we find a place with fancy desserts, like, and make it, get them get birthday cake, something like that, and then we take it into the news place and say it's for the fella. That'll get us into the place, and then, you know, Axel Foley style, and then, you know, work our way from there. Cut. Work our magic. Now, also... You didn't ask, but you probably would have asked would be the girl who had the the rumor that was Irene Jones at Kadensky Publishing. Okay. In the Hawk building. Uh, we also did not ask who his son was marrying. You ask around, you can probably find that out pretty easily. I think, yeah, but I don't know that any of that matters. I think right now our big thing is to find somebody at Peepers that we can insinuate ourselves on two. Who's the who's the guy we're looking for at Peepers? O'Donnell was the guy who publishes Peepers magazine. Donald. 
Yes, we get a cake. We decorate it with a, the the happy birthday, Donald. And we show up and, you know. So you're all sitting around at the, uh, on the street corner, it sounds like, right? Deciding what to do. Well, let's... Yeah, let's let's eat. Let's stare at the building and brainstorm. And I really do like this this just show up idea. Um, and there's three of us. We I don't think. I think one of us should just show up. But if oh God, if we show up like right now, we have three different people that can insinuate themselves onto three different people or peepers employees, right? Um. I don't know if I'm much of a spy. That's not my... Yeah. I'm not a sneaky guy by reputation or by trade. Yeah. Me either. I'm more... Uh, I'm the muscle. Once we find the mark... <laughs> and this one, can, he, ain't, we have some... he ain't subtle. Yeah. Just like ham hocks. So... Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's a weird one because I, I am, but typically it's in a hospital. It's uh, although I can I can pull off paramedic, okay, but then maybe we would have to have paramedics, send more paramedics. Um, <laughs> so, well, um... but I could in my nurse outfit, which I'm still wearing, show up and say I have somebody's test results again, Axel Fo Axel Foley style, and say that I need to give it to them personally. Yep. And then once we're in a room. I knife them and make them tell us where the stuff is. Easy peasy. Okay. Um, so do you all go to the automat or you will go to a, like a, maybe a bar to see if you can get something to eat? I, I, the automat, does it have a view of the publishing building? It does. It's kind of on the corner across then, the street. Then let's do that. Cause I, I don't know what we're going to see, but at the same time, it, positioning ourselves in a place where where we can look at it while we discuss seems smart. Okay. Um. So you get some sandwiches and and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Pie. Pie. I don't know what else. Like I have no automats had already stopped being a thing by the time I was born. Like I I, I saw pictures and I always wanted to eat at one. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, somebody, some guys tried to relaunch them in New York, like in 2010. You know, like, God, like hipster I feel like, automat. I feel like automats were the perfect fucking solution to COVID dining, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, they missed their opportunity. It it would have been the perfect 2020 dining experience. I agree. <laughs> Okay, so as you guys sit there and munch, you can see that people are coming in out of the building, um, and you know, the in the back you can see there's the loading dock where the newspaper trucks kind of pick up the evening edition, and uh, there's a lot of uh, women coming in and out, a lot of like typists and other uh, clerical workers. But yeah, it's like it's a big building with a bunch of different companies in it. Publishing is just a huge, much huger now because it's basically the Internet at this time. So you got to print those racing forms every week or every day. You know, you got to do newspapers. You got to do all types of things. It's neat how flammable those places are. I'm just saying idle conversation. And I, I mean, not to. Not to double down on that. But technically, if the place burns down, 
I don't think Peepers is going to be the thing they pay to get printed elsewhere, right? Like, I I think Peepers just doesn't come out if that's the case. <laughs> I love the idea that this mob boss has this very quiet meeting with us. It's like, don't fuck it up. And he doesn't want this trace back to that. So 45 just... minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> the whole building goes up in fucking flames. <laughs> oh. Um, eh. I do... <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I mean, with all that paper around and the dust. And... Oh, yeah. I mean, ink is flammable. I... I have no idea if ink is actually flammable or not. Yeah, the chemicals I, they used to set the paper were super flammable. See? Massive um, combustible. Remember, film at this time was still combustible, too. Yeah. The acetate yeah. they used. Like, all that yeah, celluloid. Yeah, celluloid. Mm -hmm. I, I think at the very least... Knowing nothing else about them... we should consider breaking into the office. Just pull a Watergate, right? Just break right into the office, go through the files, see if we can find out what it is he's got before we do anything. I mean, we can always fall back to threatening, right? We can always fall back to just disappearing. But what if he's bluffing? I don't think he's bluffing. Because he hasn't said he wants anything, right? Like, he's not trying to negotiate. He's not trying to extort. Like He's just being a jerk? <laughs> he's just being a jerk. So he's got something, and he thinks it's worth more than whatever the family would give him. Um, Does anybody want to do a little research or asking around? What? No. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. I don't think my guy's much of a researcher, right? Like, yeah, maybe. But not in the asking around kind of way. Um, I do want to keep my ears open while we're in here for mm -hmm. anybody mentioning peepers. Okay. Um, I, I, I do want to hear if, like, somebody comes in, and it would be weird to come in and use the name of the place you work at. Like, if two people work at a magazine, go to lunch, they're <laughs> probably not saying the name of the magazine a bunch of times, but still. Yeah. Okay. All of my ideas are exceedingly violent, and, and so I probably none of those are a good one to go with. Uh, I still think the birthday cake is the best idea, just so we even know what the fella looks like. Because we don't know what floor they're on. We don't know what the person looks like. Well, you can find out what yeah. floor they're on by going into the front door and looking at the, the sign. Sure. There's no security. There's nothing keeping you out of the building. It's a public building. We could act like we're outraged about an editorial or something. Yeah, it's like, what is what is this public publication even about, peepers? Well, you can go ask at the newsstand. Yeah. Yeah, let's go buy a copy at the newsstand. Let's see what they actually. We're gonna we're gonna sit in an automat across the street from a publisher and read peepers. 
I mean, Maybe. I feel like a lot of Betty Page. <laughs> so if you go to the newsstand, we ask for peepers. He's going to pull it out from underneath the counter at 15 cents. And it is a black and white magazine with a red spot color on the cover. Um, flipping through it, you can see that it is snaps of celebrities, like Hollywood people. Usually it is a little bit racy. Like like poolside racy or like... Yeah, poolside racy. Okay. So like still better than Instagram now, right? Like still. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so, yeah, so like as you kind of look through it, you can see that it's the kind of magazine that publishes embarrassing photos. Uh, okay. It wants the dirt. Yeah. Not aliens or any weird <laughs> stuff like that, but just the dirt. Celebrity dirt. Celebrity dirt. I... So bear in mind, look, this is the year that Marilyn Monroe appeared in Playboy. I This is actually making me miss Weekly World News a lot, and I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> But holy fuck, I wonder what Bat Boy is up to now. <laughs> He's into crypto. <laughs> <laughs> He's rocking Bat Coin. Bat, Bat, yeah. Bat Token. Holy Bat Token. Okay, so let's move along. Um, so does anybody want to go into the building to see if you can find out more about it or track down this uh, Irene person? Does anyone want to see what, find out, they can find out more about uh, Tito's son and his fiance? I think Tito's fiance is probably, I think, it, okay, so I'm going to reference my racy magazine again. Are any of the pictures of men? Like, or is it just photographs of women? No, it's the photos of both men and women. Um, like I said, it's mostly it's about salacious dirt and like it's like Gawker kind of. Um, okay. So it's a photo of a guy out at dinner and then a story about him and being that's not seen his with, wife. Yeah. yeah, with with two different women that night or whatever. Okay. So it's probably got a really rad gossip column too. Right. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is gossip. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent gossip. Yeah. And a lot of it is like you know stuff that's like you know innuendo or triple uns unsubstantiated, <laughs> speculating like you know allegedly alleged. Yes. Like uh, <laughs> you know it mentions like the singer. Um, no one. No one knows where he was for the two hours before he showed yeah. up to dinner with the young woman. Or speculates that you know Gracie Belafonte, local singer who at the Tropicana supposedly has just come back from her European tour. And it, it makes this uh, snide comment about how this mysterious tour seemed to have lasted nine months. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I think. And who was the woman you were talking about? Irene, was that the... So Irene Jones, she works at Kadensky Publishing in the, the Hawk Building. Okay. And she was the one who told one of uh, Caesar's boys that Peepers had something on his son and his fiance. Okay. Um, not not to muscle anybody out, no pun intended, but uh, I could probably just walk into their office and ask for Irene in my taxi uniform 
a, a taxi driver asking for somebody shouldn't prove too odd, I would mm-hmm. think, in the 50s. I think taxi drivers also did deliveries. Like they might, you might yep. hire a taxi to deliver some flowers. To and courier or two, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, a dollar is a dollar. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll go upstairs and ask on her. Okay. So I head upstairs and on the uh, fifth floor, you find Kadensky Publishing. And when you get there, you realize that they actually publish your second favorite racing form. Oh. 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 I wonder if there are any hot tips. And coming in through the door with Kadensky on the frosted glass, you see there's a lot of typing going on in here and people laying out the next issue. There's just like rows and rows of people, you know, working away on manual machines. Clackety clack, clackety clack, clack, clack. Yep. Um, I will ask at the counter for I. Yep. Uh, they going by with like a, a sheet of like pages. He kind of stops and he points at blonde woman sitting over next to the wall at a typewriter. Got it. Um, I will walk. I'll, I'll walk over and make sure. You know, Irene Kadensky, Miss Kadensky. She or, doesn't look up from her typing and she says, "That's me." I I was asked to pick something up from you by uh, Rocco. I will say very by Tito. Uh, she freezes, and then types a little bit more, and then kind of like pulls it out and uh, says, you want a coffee, hun? You look parched. I uh, Coffee would be wonderful. And so she kind of leads you over to like, like sort of a canteen area where they have a big coffee urn and pours coffee for you in like a paper cup. Hey. And I'll, I'll, you know, once we're over there, I assume this is a quieter part of the... Yeah, it's a quieter corner. Every so often people come by and she sort of like changes the subject and... Yep. You know, she, will... light, she lights up a cigarette since uh, you apparently didn't offer her one. Uh, oh, because I, I am a cad. No, nah, actually, she didn't expect that. She's, you know, you're a chassis driver. You're, of course, everyone's smoking in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Around all the paper, obviously. Yeah. She says, Tito, what, is, what does Big Tito want? She kind of whispers it. You know, he's, he, this, he's not asking for anything. This isn't from him. He asked us to look into what's going on to the bit of information you had provided to them, and I was hoping you could perhaps give me anything. Oh, what Maddie said? Yeah. Ah. She looks a little kind of relieved and then smokes more of her cigarette and then drinks a little more coffee. And she says, uh, yeah, what do you need to know? Well, we were hoping, I mean, any information you have at all would be wonderful, but do you know the nature of what the magazine is holding, what they found out? Do you know who it involves? Maddie, she's up, uh, she works up at Reliable News on the seventh floor, put out uh, Peepers and Ooh La La and uh, Tinseltown. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so we were, we were eating lunch at the Automat the other day, and she kind of like starts talking about uh, Mr. O'Donnell and how... He's just been on cloud nine. Says he's got hot, hot story. And even she said that she thought it had something to do with, you know, Tito's son and fiance, that Judy woman. Mm. 
Okay. And that's all she mentioned? She hates working for the O'Donnell. I'll tell you that much. The man is a pig. Would it be possible? I don't seem, I, I don't mean to seem forward, but it would be, but would it be possible to offer you and your friend Maddie dinner or drinks to maybe discuss this after office hours? That'd be nice. Actually, before I say that, do you have anything in your um, trademark that would allow you to help with this? Since you didn't uh, take Charmer like I thought you would. I did not take Charmer. You tinkerer, you. I Yeah, I am I am not that guy this time. Uh, hold on, I've got this up in a different window. Um, yeah, my only non-vehicular perks are um, <laughs> spot trouble and calm under pressure. Um, so, yeah. All right, I don't I'll think... say you can roll... 2d6 for this yeah um i'll say because you're offering dinner that's a pretty good negotiating position or it sounds like you're offering dinner yes uh as i think that'll probably be here we go rolling 2d6 well see yeah the d6 twice uh well i rolled a one and a five all right so and you had no danger dice, so then the five is the one that counts, and that is a partial success. Okay. And so she'll say, well, my boyfriend wouldn't like it very much if I went out with dinner with you, but uh, Maddie, I know she totally would. She is, that girl needs to get out more. Got it. So I'll, I'll set that up. Much appreciated. And, uh, and then Thank she you. gets a piece of paper and says, you know, where? <laughs> when and where? Um, I assume, actually, you know what? This is where being a literal taxi driver might come in handy. I will assume there is a place near here that is not shitty. Like, there's probably a place where sh I could reasonably invite somebody after work and they would not be, you know. Yeah, this, this is downtown. So. Yeah. At least it has tablecloths, or at least a good from Micah. <laughs> um, there's, the, there's the Continental. Continental sounds wonderful. Like, we'll we'll drop a couple bucks, but finding out from Maddie anything she knows would probably be helpful. Okay. You said it was on the 8th floor, is that right? Maddie's on the 8th, or 7th? 7th. Okay, is the 7th floor? I'm on the fifth right now. Yeah, reliable news company. I'm wondering if maybe I should go and put on my um, my janitorial custodial clothes, my old roommate left behind, and uh, come back and just say that, hey, I'm new for this, but I'm supposed to clean on that floor. Yeah. Like, technically, if Maddie meets me for drinks, that's still only me that's blown, right? That's still only me that they can finger as... Interested uh, here. Interested. Um, but yeah, if you were taking a different angle at the same time. Well, I can go search the floor and see if I can get through the filing cabinets. And nobody looks twice at a, at a person of color being a cleaner. That's still true today. Just don't run into the other cleaners. No. Okay. So you may take your leave 
from uh, Kadensky Publishing and head back and reunite with your group. And I guess we're cutting to later that evening, quitting time. Uh, unless anybody else has a different plan before then. So, yeah, and I guess you, Lana, you go off and you change into office cleaner. Just, okay. Yeah, blue custodial scrubs, little, little, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for a woman in the early 50s, it's probably still a dress, but a, a cleaner, probably. a cleaner's type dress. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Ace, where do you want to do? Do you want to go with? Yeah. Maybe I can tail this guy a bit. Oh, yeah. See where he's going. Yeah, this old O'Donnell character. So you don't know what he looks like. Mm. But if you did, you could probably hang out out front and then wait for him to leave. True. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know any of Cut to scene of Ace walking into the publishing building ripping off a picture from the wall and walking right back out. <laughs> Employee of the month or our founder. <laughs> or was there a picture of him in the publishing? Probably not. Nothing in the magazine. He seems uh, to keep a little bit of a low profile in the actual uh, magazines. Yeah. Or you may know, recognize that Ooh La La is a magazine that's sold in a brown paper wrapper. Hmm. Ooh la la. Stop researching. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Tinseltown is more just, yeah, celebrity headshots. More um, mainstream, I guess. Yeah. No okay. trade news and pictures of fancy events and upcoming pictures and stuff. Yeah, like little Susie likes Tinseltown. Mom kind of enjoys peepers, and then Dad retires to the study with Ula. <laughs> That's done for research. Yeah, <laughs> uh, smoking his pipe. Okay, if you ask around, you can probably find out a little bit, or you know, maybe a little bit from what Irene told our fella. So I'll just say that, you know, later that evening, we've got it's quitting time and people are streaming out of the building uh, to head the, back home out in the suburbs or back to their tenement building or wherever. And then around the corner, you've got Ace, just a wall of a man trying to be <laughs> indistinguishable, leaning up around the corner with like, I don't know, I see him with like a matchstick in his mouth while he waits or something. Or he's yeah. smoking. Who knows? Hat pulled down. Or cap pulled down, right. Um, and a overweight man in a fedora and like kind of like a rumpled jacket comes out, begins walking up the street. Ace, you know that that is O'Donnell. Oh, through my underworld contacts? Through your underworld contacts, yeah. <laughs> he opens up a copy of a magazine called Duex Machina. Looks, <laughs> there's a picture of O'Donnell with a caption under it. Closes it and follows off after the mess. Yes. Okay. Then we cut over to Rudy. I guess leaning up against your cab? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and... I will I will meet her there. 
Uh, well, that's what unless... I meant. Like leaning up against your cab out front as the people are coming out and then. Or you meet her at the restaurant. Yeah. Again, hat off, sport coat on. Actually, how would I meet her at the restaurant? No, I will wait out front in the sport coat leaning against my cab. Okay. This young woman, uh, brown hair, glasses comes up and says, and looks at her piece of paper and says, are you Rudy? I am. Are you Maggie? Uh, Maddie. Yes, yes. Maddie. Oh, crap. This is going well. <laughs> um, I, I will I will offer her a seat in the cab and uh, if there's any place you would like to go I'll happily take you but I had thought we could go get a drink at the Continental oh that sounds fabulous so you're a cab driver that's very hey, interesting it's what I do it's, I mean it pays the bills ultimately uh, this isn't where I want to land mind you but uh for now, it's putting money in the bank. I got no complaints. No. It's good to have dreams. Oh, I she, got dreams. She says, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going swimmingly. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to do my technically obsessed, socially awkward brain full of numbers best to keep her, you know, to to offer her a calm environment where she feels free to maybe talk about her boss. Okay. So you get to the Continental and you sit down at a table or at the bar? Can we sit down at the table? Is this a kind of place where you can walk in and get a table afterward or what I would have had to have made it's probably fairly crowded um it's you know cocktail hour right okay i'll i'll, I'll slip the uh the host a, a dollar <gasps> hey big spender and and see if he can get us a table okay uh, a dollar gets you a table um it's toward but it's in the back corner okay that's fine all right, so she kind of sits down and, you know, um, orders a drink and makes small talk. And then we kind of okay. cut over to Lana, I guess, walking into the building past the people coming out. Yep. Is there a front desk or is it just an elevator bank? It's just an elevator bank. I mean, I... there is like a person there, but you don't have to talk to them if you don't no, want to. No, I was giving the look, then point up, go. Okay. I got my little bucket. I don't, think, I don't think that requires a roll. Yeah. All right. So you head up to the seventh floor. Yep. I find that if I look bored and oppressed, nobody minds. Mm. Are you bringing anything with you or are you just dressed up? <clears throat> I got a bucket. I got some brushes. I got a can of kerosene and I got a Zippo lighter in my pocket. I got a switchblade and that's enough. Okay. Sounds like you're ready to dance. Never anything to do in this town. <laughs> I got you, man. I got that. So good. Okay. So you get off on the seventh floor and it's pretty much emptied out. Uh, the seventh floor seems like it's like near the top and is cheaper offices. Yeah. 
Uh, it's divided up into smaller offices, and they have not necessarily so much associated with publishing. There's like a bond balesman, things like that as well. Right. But as you head down the hallway, you see a few doors down, Reliable News Co. painted on the glass door. All right. Is the door open? No. All right. And what sort of locks has it got on it? Um, Typical. Like a Nothing key lock or... Right. Yeah, key lock. Cool. That's not necessarily in my skill set. Uh, what's the... What are the adjacent doors looking like? Uh, they look like two other offices. And there's no custodial door? Nope. Interesting. The custodian probably has a key ring. Yeah. Well, it depends on how they paid him out. But sometimes it's per floor and whatever, yada, yada. And also, it's probably... Depends on the office if they want to pay for it or not. Yeah, that too. That too. Uh, cool. So I will. I'm not going to be deterred. So I'm going to take the the pointy end of the. Is the door the door set into an eave? Is that right? Is it set into a, a frame? <clears throat> Can I 1953 style, you know, credit card it using the uh, flat end of the brush? Do you have a trait that lets you do that? Well, I just have determination, I think. Yeah, nothing under infiltration? Uh, not per se. That's a... Um, I've got... Calm under pressure. Uh, endurance. That's not helpful. Uh, I am stealthy. Break and enter. Oh, that is part of my infiltrator. Okay, so you can use your infiltrator to make that roll. Um, and do you have an edge that applies? Uh, no, my edge in that area is disguise. Okay. So, I mean, you don't really have the, let's see, so it's breaking entering, not lockpicking specifically, but right. just breaking and entering. Right. Okay. And let's see. But you don't really have the right, you don't really have a tool that lets you break and enter. You don't like it. No, I didn't bring or... a Jimmy or anything, no. Okay. Then I'm going to say that that uh, is improvisation. So that means that you have one danger die added to your your two dice that you get. One just because you're doing a thing and one because you have the trademark. Okay, so I get three dice? Six so you have three dice, but the danger die will negate one of your dice depending on how you roll. Okay. So roll. tell me what your first two rolls are, which are your action dice, and then tell me the third roll, what that is for your danger die. Sure. Well, I got apparently lucky because I got a six, a six, and a four. Excellent. So the danger die uh, would negate another partial success, mm -hmm. but I think you got two full successes, if I understand the rules correctly. Either way, you succeed, for sure. Um, and uh, you're able to pop that door open with very little effort. Nice. Now, quietly close and relock it behind me. Well, you yeah. don't have the key, but... Well, there should be a latch on the other side, though, right? I was saying it's the one, the ones that has. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just trying to get the little, yeah. little catcher, yeah, cheap door lock thing. Yep. Deadbolt. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking like mortise lock, but I don't think that actually would be what it would be. I think yeah. you're right. So you should go in. Uh, so you, you, I'll say because you roll two sixes, that you're able to jimmy it open and you didn't damage the frame or anything. So That's you're what able I was to latch yeah. it behind you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I will do that, and then I'm going to set the bucket next to it. 
So and put the kerosene in my pocket and leave the bucket next to it. So if somebody else comes to the door, I will hear the bucket get kicked over and be is able it kerosene to... or is this like lighter fluid? It is. Uh, it's, well, it's lighter fluid. It's not kerosene. It keeps OK, because it sounded like I was thinking when you said kerosene before, I was thinking like a gas can. It's Zippo kerosene. fluid. It's Zippo Got fluid. It. Yeah. 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 Kerosene would have been a. Yeah. This is a small. Yeah. Fits in my pocket thing. Sorry. I should have yeah. said it's just more no, no. fun to say kerosene. Uh, so the yeah so i've got that in my pocket with my switchblade and my zippo and i'm going to go looking for the appropriate office and you know hopefully the doors are named or whatever else and start rooting through uh file cabinets and stuff all right so this is not a very big office good as you come uh, describe the scene a little bit there's a desk at the front with a typewriter and piles of copy and text and letters and bills lots of bills uh, piled up and then and you think that's probably maddie's desk based on it's by by the door then a little further over there is like a big easel table with um like looks like that's where they do pasting up the pages and the issues uh big sheets that are you know carefully stored in like big portfolios and there's sheets of lettering lying on the floor it's pretty messy in here and that almost entirely fills up this front room, which really seems like it was more supposed to be more of like, you know, like an office waiting room. And it's just jam packed with that. Uh, there's filing cabinets and they seem to be so full that they're like have things stacked up on top of them now. And then there is a door um, that seems to lead to an inner office. And on there it says Robert O'Donnell Publisher. All right, I'm going to head for that. Okay. So cutting back over to uh, Ace, you follow O'Donnell about three blocks over and one up, and then he goes into a bar called the Lucky Horseshoe. Okay. It seems like it's a reasonably crowded bar with a lot of people after work in here drinking and smoking. All right. Would I be out of place in there? Uh, It's... It seems like it might be like a lot of reporter type people or news hounds and people like that sort. So it's not really your scene. Yeah. But there's nothing stopping you either. True. All right. I'll go in for a drink. Okay. So you kind of get in and you kind of have to push your way through the crowd of people all in there talking and, and everything and muscle your way up to the bar with pretty little effort. And bartender comes up and says, What can I get ready, fella? Yeah, just give me a bourbon, please. Sure thing. Just a tick. Goes off and he comes back and pours you a finger. Then he looks at you and then he pours you another finger. <laughs> Thanks. Well, yeah, we'll scope around. Okay. Let's see if I can see him. Yeah, so through the clouds of smoke and the people talking, you are. Um, did you take any edges under huge, by the way? Uh, I did, yeah. I took uh, the strong and the fist-like hammocks. Okay. <laughs> so again, as you look around, you can see... Uh, it looks like you figure out that toward the back of the bar, kind of behind, like, you know, a little bit of a partition, yeah. there's more people over there that are more sitting down, and you can see O'Donnell's bald head shining in the light. And it seems like he's talking to some other people. All right. Maybe I can... Yeah. I'll uh, head over there a little bit, see if I can get a closer look if 
Let's see if I recognize any of the people he's with. Okay. You're going to try to use your, like, your, uh, was it Underworld Contact to see if you recognize anybody? Yeah. All right, so is that an edge or is that just a trait? That's, uh, that's an edge. Okay. So give me the 2d6 roll. I get a, a 6 and a 1. Okay. So the 6 gives you a success. And you don't, you kind of recognize for your underworld context, which I'll say is covers a lot of different walks of life. It seems like he's talking to a bunch of these other kind of muckrakers, reporters, or people that you've seen around um, trying to get a scoop. You know, they're always there when, like, you know, the cops are at a crime scene. Oh, the ambulance chasers and stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, the only reason you probably would be at a crime scene that the cops were at was probably you caused the crime. But <laughs> uh, that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, so he's there and he's, like, talking with him and he's laughing it up and he's, like, you know, putting back the rye. He yeah. seems like a real happy fellow. All right. So nothing too out of the ordinary then. Okay, back over to Rudy's date with uh, Maddie. You've been doing the chit-chat, putting her at ease? Yep. She looks up from her Shirley Temple or whatever it is, looks over her glasses at you and says, like, well, it's real swell for you to take me out like this, Rudy. I, you know what? I, I heard how wonderful you were, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to find out for myself. I, I owe your friend, uh, I can't remember her name, Eileen? Yeah. Irene. I owe Eileen a, a, a debt of gratitude. Um, but speaking of dreams, how did you get into magazine work? That seems kind of fancy. Oh, I'm a good typist. That's uh, not fancy. No, it's not fancy at all. What? Everybody read the work you do. It goes out to millions of people. Like ha, the whole millions. town. I, I mean, a few thousand every, at most. Everybody talks about it, though. Like, that's pretty incredible. Nobody talks about taxi drivers. Oh, she kind of thinks that went over. Maybe. I don't know. How do you, I mean, you guys, what kind of, you, you, you publish, and I'll kind of look back and forth like, you publish gossip magazines, right? I don't, I don't read them. I'm just curious. Like, what's in them? Oh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Any, any kind of rumor, uh, Mr. O'Donnell can get. He puts it right in there. Sometimes I says to him, I says, "That's a lie. That's like that person is just making stuff up." And he's like, "Well, they think it's true. It's good enough to print." That. Do not believe anything you read in the papers, especially peepers. That sounds crazy. I'm a fan of Tinseltown myself. Ah, oh, yeah. I, I, the, California and, and Hollywood, I, oh. That William Powell. Oh. He's, he's a handsome fella. Larry Niven. What an exciting guy. How cool is he? People say cool yet? Is that cool, Daddy? Maybe beatniks. Beatniks and jazz yeah, musicians. <laughs> um, but I'll I'll steer this back to like, does he? I mean, look, people must get mad. 
Would you? Oh, they get terrible mad. Aren't you ever in danger? Like, do people like? Are you safe working there? Well, I mean, we got people come in and they, you know, they yell and they scream. But uh, Mr. O'Donnell, he has a pretty good way with uh, talking people down. And he'll he'll throw them some bucks if they're if they're real mad about the reputation. But generally, if you notice that the address that he prints inside the the paper that's or inside the magazine, that's still our old address, the one over on Edison. <laughs> Wait, who's at Edison? Are you guys sending this over to Dog Fancier Magazine or something? <laughs> like, oh, the visits they must get. But yeah, no, he well. I've, yeah, he, he keeps some protection around the place. Okay. All right. Does that protection extend to you, or is he looking out for himself? I. She kind of like looks a little uncertain at that question. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. Not trying to. <laughs> not trying to start nothing. I swear, if I could find a better job, I would. Well, why not? You're smart. Start your own magazine. Oh, I could do that. Why not? You, I'm guessing you've learned everything you need to know from this guy, except for telling lies, and I don't want you to... You're too nice a girl to pick that up. Just start telling the truth. See what happens. Lady publisher? Who ever heard of such a thing? Crazy world. That's the truth. She clinks her glass against yours. <laughs> Maybe. What ladies like shoes? Maybe you could just start a magazine about shoes or something. Every woman on the planet would buy that. Shoes. She kind of gives that some thought. <laughs> Cut to fifty years <laughs> later. <laughs> the intro scene to the Devil Wears product. Never mind. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, how do I feel this is going? Like, because if I can ask her out to lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Then I can stop by the office. This is true. Cut to hey. Lana yep. in the office on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, but it was the 1980s Walkman orange headphones I envisioned her wearing. Yeah, that won't happen for 30 years. But but it is Big Black that's playing. And like, <laughs> she's just calmly going through files while the fire rages in the background. <laughs> and she's already moved on to the fish fry song and started to get hungry. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Lana, you... As you move over and you try the door to the inner office, it is also locked. Okay. Uh... Well, I'm gonna have to do the same thing, I guess. Okay. So two, two action dice and one danger die. Yeah, this one I don't think I did so well. So I got a six, a three, and a one. Oh, that's actually good then, because the one is your your danger die, right? Yes. Okay. So that's the thing is with the danger die, you want it low. Oh, okay. Good to know. Because if you like, for instance, if you had rolled a six on the danger die yeah. and a six and a three on your action dice then the danger die would have canceled out your six and you would have just had a three. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that therefore would be a success. Oh, yay. Uh, so okay, cool. You're able to get the door open this time. Maybe not as neatly as last time. Seems like maybe the lock here is a little bit stouter, but uh, yeah. you get it open and inside you see a very messy office. Um, 
There's like papers piled up everywhere. There's uh, photos falling out of folders. There's uh, like a bottle of scotch on the table that has like maybe like half an inch left in it. And it just reeks of cigar smoke. Okay. Are there any windows in this office? Yeah, there's two windows. Okay. Does one of them look over the back alley? Uh, no, they actually both look out over the front street. That sucks. Okay. And they're both on the same side of the wall. It's not like a corner. So it's not a fire escape wall or whatever? No. Okay. Good to know. Uh, anyway. You probably saw that the fire escape's at the end of the hallway outside. Okay. I just want to have a sense of where I am in geography. Um, cool. So I'm still going to crack a window open because that smells. And then I'm going to... Uh, and I'm wearing my my, my awesome uh, uh, cleaner gloves. Uh, I'm going to start cracking shit open and go through everything I can find looking for intel or anything else I can find. All right. So you got like a research or something that would apply? I sort of my, my invest my education skill. I'm going to lean into that. Do you have an edge? Do you have an edge under education that would apply? I'm hoping so. I don't remember what I picked. Sorry. Just a second. No problem. Uh, educated. Uh, no, I don't have an, an edge. I just have, uh, but I do have under that uh, general knowledge, history. Pers- uh, why did I write resuade next to persuade? One of those is not right. <laughs> you persuade people and then you resuade them. I guess I do. Yeah, I don't know what that other word is supposed to be. Anyway, research. Um, research. Oh, yeah, I, I suspect it's research, and that was what I was angling for. I think research should probably, in this case, is like academic stuff, but I think you also have notice or something under another one. Uh, Infiltrator has got um, safe cracker, hide, break and enter. Yeah, I don't have anything that's directly towards like finding special files. I'm just going to go through it the old fashioned way. Okay, but so you look at this, you're like, this is a couple hours work at least to go through all. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go, you know, just try to be broad strokes about it. I am going to make a point, though, of not making it clear if I do steal stuff what was stolen. Meaning okay. I will take more than what I need. Okay. And as you're doing this, it is pretty dark in here. That's yeah. something I should probably should have mentioned was the lights were off in the office and it's April. It's fun quitting time. So the sun is setting, but it's, so it's not been that dark yet, mm-hmm. but uh, it's going to get too dark to see anything here in a little bit. Okay. Um, and you did not bring a light source with you. I did not. No, I would have to turn on the office lights. Uh, I'm assuming they have electricity since it's the 53. So what I can do, though, because I'm wearing my cleaning stuff, is I can turn on the office in the sense that I'm cleaning the office. This is true. So I will do that. Okay. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to look like I'm meant to be there, and I'm annoyed I'm there because it's late. So... So you're basically, it's like, you've got your buckets, you got the lights on, and then if anyone were to come in, you would be, like, on the floor scrubbing or something yep. in the office. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right, so back over to Ace. Uh, you're in the bar, you've finished your bourbon. Are you continuing to drink bourbon or nursing it? Are you continuing to watch? Getting bored? Um, Is there any action at the table, or is it just, he's just palling around with the... He's palling around with like, you know, probably like his uh, compatriots. Um, and as you're kind of 
I guess listening in, you can't hear a whole lot because it's pretty noisy in here. Yeah. But at one point, he kind of slaps on the table and he says, you boys are not going to believe next week. Next week, I'm going to blow you all out of the water. And they say, ah, you're joking, you know, and, you know, and they're like not buying it. And he's like, no, no, you see, you see, I'm doing, I'm tripling my production, triple print run. It's going to be that big. That's how confident I am. I'm going to sell out. Mm. All right. All right. All right. Well, you guys are all doing your thing. So, yeah, I'll just have another drink. <laughs> okay. All right. Back over to Rudy and, and uh, Maddie. Uh, did I get a sense of whether I could ask her to lunch tomorrow? Yeah, you think so. Seems like she is huh. definitely enjoying the attention. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll ask her, like, okay, look. I don't mean to be forward. There's this place. It's not far from your office. And they serve. Have you ever had Middle Eastern food? Have you ever had kebabs? Delicious. <laughs> Kebab? My hand to God. I wouldn't have believed it if somebody hadn't made me try it myself. It sounds crazy. But you need a kebab. Can I take you to lunch tomorrow? Buy you a kebab? I suppose. But just be quick. We'll get kebabs. I'll have you back to work. No hassle, no pressure. Oh, yes. Uh, tomorrow's Thursday. Going to be busy. But yeah, I uh, I can get away. Okay. Uh, what say I swing by the office around 12, 12, 12 15? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Anything else you want to ask her or? Uh, for right now, no. Okay. Like lines of communication are officially open. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So FYI, today is Wednesday. Okay. When do they print? Do we know that? We don't know that. I don't you know that. We'll find her. out later. Nah, that'd be too much. Again, I'm showing attention to her, not her yeah. job. I asked a couple questions, but nothing specific or misleading or like, you know, trace backable. Yeah. Okay. So anything else? Or are you just kind of wrap up the drinks and, you know, escort her home? Wrap up the drinks, offer a ride home. Okay. Yeah, she lives in a tenement. Uh, not too far from downtown. And so, you know, she thanks you and, you know, kind of smiles at you before she heads up into her apartment. Awesome. Uh, we don't have a rendezvous plan, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'll head back to the Caduceus. Um, back to Mikey's place to meet up with them. Okay. And if I have to wait all night for them to get back, well, so be it. <laughs> Ace, do you want to keep following O'Donnell or do you want to head over to the Caduceus? Um, I'll keep following O'Donnell for a while. Okay. And then, Lana, you are still going through stacks and stacks of uh, magazines, paste-ups, old magazines, uh, clippings. It takes you, probably, you've been doing this for a while, and then it gets dark enough that, or you got the lights on, that's right. So, as you're kind of like, Moving around to another side of the room, you notice that there is um, what you thought was a table at the back. You can move this this old like plaid blanket off of it. Underneath, you see that there is a pretty stout safe. This is where it gets fun. How big is the safe? 
uh, it is probably about uh, a meter cube. Oh, it's luckily. like a, it's a freestanding safe. I don't have a perk in this, but I do have safe cracking. I'm just wondering if that safe is is light enough that I could prop potentially push it out a window. Uh, it is not. Okay. <laughs> so I will try to crack it with my safe cracker infiltrator ability. Okay, so you have the trademark, but you don't have an edge. Nope. You don't have any equipment. So let's see, this is improvised. Yeah, this is basically like putting my ear to it and listening to it real careful. Okay. You know what? I'm going to say that it's not possible for you to open it. Okay. Then I'm going to figure out a way to get it out the window. But first, I'm going to look at the desk and see if the combination <laughs> is stuck to the underside of the middle shelf, because that's where people tend to hide their combinations for their saves. Okay. You search around, and you do not find a combination. Okay. So out of everything else I've gone through, if I found anything that looks useful or interesting or... Oh, yeah. Or... You found... You found a lot of things. You found a lot of things that are uh, probably even uh, too uh, risque for him to print without yeah. getting in trouble with the vice squad. Because uh, <laughs> uh, it mixed in here with all of the other, uh, you know, like celebrity mags and like, you know, paparazzi photos. Uh, you also find that there's a lot of photos just for ooh la la that are like stacked up. Okay. Well, negatives I'll... and things like that. Is there any boxes or anything sitting around or any kind of like, cause I didn't think to bring a big bag. Uh, you saw, I'll say that you probably, there's a cardboard box out in the front area next to the paste up. Okay. Table. I'll grab that and throw as much in there as I can, I can fit. And it seems like the, the most exploitable stuff. Um, is it safe on rollers or is it flat to the ground? It's flat to the ground. And it's one meter by one meter, you said? Yeah. Can I lean it forward on its face? Um, don't think you have an edge that is like strength or something like that, do you? You're no. a veteran, so there might be something under there. Do I what? Because like, you know, remember, you don't have any stats. You only have tags right. in this game. So you, you're only strong if you have the strong tag. Right. I got the nurse tag. Nurses can flip yeah. patients. And I'm 6'2. And I look like Morgan Freeman, but a woman. Yep. Whatever that's worth. Um, I suspect the shit's in the safe. So I think I'm going to take my box and my bucket and the rest of it. I'm going to resist the temptation to set the place on fire, although I'm very tempted. And I'm going to exit the building and find Big Man Polly. Okay. So as you exit the office, I guess you can't lock the door behind you because I don't think it's like the, not the kind that you. Nope. No, you probably have to turn a tumbler. So it, it's yeah. be unlocked. I don't care. Yep. I'm wearing gloves. Okay. Not worried about it. Yeah. And then probably by now it's completely deserted in the building. And take the elevator down. This is probably one of those those elevators that used to be like had to have an operator. Like it's with a cage. <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. And then you come down. There's still the guy at the front desk, and uh, he kind of barely looks up at you as you come out. Yep. Yeah. I'll still give him a little, the little, little wave. See you tomorrow. You know, howdy out. Um, you know, nobody really looks at the help. Uh, yeah. Then I'm gonna go find regroup with the group because that safe is where it's at. I think. In my humble opinion. Okay. 
And then I'm going to give him lots of nudie, nudie pics. <laughs> I don't so know. we cut to back at Mikey's bar and piles of nudie pics and beer as you are at the end of your end of your long day. Mikey's all worried because we've just got it spread out across the bar. And he's like, hey, 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 you're messing up my bar with your sleaze. Yeah, you're right, Mikey. Sorry. Hey, we'll take a booth. <laughs> booth my ass. You're able to grab one of the, like, the rickety tables and yeah. uh, sit down over there. Okay. So I'm getting lunch tomorrow with this Maggie girl works in the front of the office. Uh, seems real nice. She's the one that tipped off Eileen, who ultimately tipped off our friend. So hopefully if there's any questions, we can ask her. Uh, what did you guys find? There's a safe up in that office we need to get. And the office is currently unlocked. How big is this safe? Do you think I could lift it? About a meter tall. I couldn't move. I couldn't budget. What the heck's a meter? Uh, three foot. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Canadian. <laughs> no, that was actually, that was the most American reaction you could have had. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys are right across the lake from Canada, so probably more than a few Canucks in town. Canucks. <laughs> the Canucks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. I wonder if I could lift it. I wonder if we could just chuck it out the window. Have a seven story? What? From seven stories up? Yeah. Yeah, then what? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> That's as far as his plan goes. Um, yeah, I guess tie it off with a chain and drag it away. I don't know. So, what if... One day your grandkids will will steal ATMs. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. What if... What okay, if? I'm trying to think of this. What if instead of stealing the safe, what if we just set a fire inside the safe? What if we just destroyed whatever was in there? Now, you have Tinkerer, right? Yeah. Might be able to open it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I don't believe I've ever had safe cracking experience. Well, Lana, if you had the right equipment, you could make the roll to try to open it. Okay. The, the, I decided that if not having the right equipment, it says either some actions may be impossible, and I was like, I think this is impossible without you know. Since it, you don't have an edge, I figured that if you have the right equipment, then you can make the roll, but you're still. It's going to be like a 1D roll. Yeah, but that roll, that same roll to drill a hole in and fill it full of kerosene. I guess kerosene might not work. Acid, just just a gallon of acid inside of a safe and let it dissolve whatever the hell's in there, right? Like, <laughs> like we don't have to steal it. And so I'm so stupid though because when you said fill it with acid, I pictured like playing Lords of Acid into it with some headphones. That'll take care of it. <laughs> I must increase my bust. That'll take care of it. No problem. Um. <laughs> it's... All right. What time did we all reconvene? By the way, it kind of gives us an odometer for or a timetable for how long we've got left to resolve this. You started this evening activity at 5, 5.30, so I figure it's probably not even, like, 11 yet. Like, maybe it's, like, 10.30 at the latest. Okay. And then, so when, when do they, when are we publishing? 
or what did they say? It's like next week, right? And what day are we at? It's Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, you know that the wedding announcement's going out on Sunday. Okay. Tito made a comment about how they were going to publish it at the same time. Right. So, so they may have already sent this to letter set and everything else. Well, you saw that they do the letter set in the office. The do the make readies. I didn't, did I see the make readies for that new ep- issue though? No, but you just saw the table, yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's that my thing is. I, I mean, I'm still convinced most of it. What we need that's worthwhile is in the safe, but that doesn't mean that's the only copy or whatever. At any rate, that's at least a target. Go after the safe or top the dude. I mean, the girls don't like him. He's apparently a horrible boss. We could just introduce him to fish and call it done. We could. That seems extreme. And it doesn't necessarily end the problem. Sure. All right. What do you guys think of Hard City so far? Do you think it's working? We haven't actually done a whole lot of uh, skill rolls yet. The system hasn't come into it too much. Yeah. This has been mostly on the improv side. So I, I would say too early to say. Yeah, I would too. It's got promise. I like the characters. I just, I mean, we took some time putting them all yeah. together. Like we've got some fun characters. They're not huge departures from things we've played already, but they're they're fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think the part of it's just leaning into the 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 wonderful schlockiness of hard boiled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably need to like go back and watch some some movies before yeah. next time to get it. I think we're overthinking. You know, I'm, I'm like, like, this should be more dead wind to wear plaid versus, you know, call and drive. Um, yeah. They're not the same or thing. Like, or that yellow bastard or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sin City for Ron. Yeah. For real. Mm. Yeah. But it's fun. I, I mean, I dig it. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I like the genre for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Did you guys ever see Brick? Yeah. I fucking loved that film. It was such a great pairing uh, of high school drama with, with noir. Yeah. So smart. It was so gorgeous. Yeah. Brick's great. It's got that, that perfect Twin Peaks, Lara, I want to say Lara Croft, that's totally not it. Lara Derning or whatever, whoever Lara was. But it's got the, the great... Lara Palmer. Lara Palmer, thanks to you, the corpse in the river kind of set up, and then it goes. And it just does such a nice job. It's good stuff. I really like Brick. 